0: This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Dick Jones, longtime Valley resident, former preacher, former teacher, former coach, and he's been in the Valley almost 50 years. Dick, welcome to the program. Thank you. Under full disclosure, uh, we know each other pretty well. We meet for coffee occasionally. So I've been looking forward to this meeting for quite a while. So thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. Uh, Remind the folks out there how long you've been in the Valley. Well,
1: you say almost 50 years. I think we're starting our 48th year here.
0: And this must have been quite the sleepy town almost 50 years ago. It
1: was. I think there were, at that time, there were about a thousand people in the whole county, five churches, no banks, no dentist.
0: <laughs> How about giving us a quick reading from a work that you're working on now called Walking the Same Ground. Walking the Same Ground are vignettes, a little bit of history of the Wet Mountain Valley. It's kind of a story uh,
1: in memory, time that we've lived here and, and what's, ex- what's happened in our own lives and uh, some of the stories that we've lived and heard over the years.
0: Kick us off with uh, with a bit of uh, reading.
1: Okay, I'm going to start out with one from the first issue I wrote called Community. Community is not the product of common interest or conformity of thought. It does not often happen by aiming at it directly. Community comes to us peripherally. Usually it simply overtakes us as we walk the same ground together. Genuine community is shaped organically by the intertwining of lives in very ordinary and daily ways, It is nurtured by shared work and play, shared joy and pain, shared memories and stories, good conversation, and compassion given and received. Community is forged out of the daily encounters and the relational
0: nuances of life lived together. That's a nice summary. Do you write a lot? Is writing central to what you tend to do? I think it is. Over the years, I've journaled, of course,
1: 35 years of preaching, I uh, wrote sermons, and uh, out of that came other forms of writing like this, Walking the Same Ground is looking back at experiences from the past and and writing about them from my perspective today.
0: Now, I've read uh, three sections from uh, Walking the Same Ground. Is there a plan for this? Is this going to be a longer work? Do you hope to share it more widely within the community or beyond? Well, you know,
1: Holocaust survivor Eli Wazell said, God created man because he loves stories. (laughs) And I think uh, story is kind of something that uh, we can step into and move around in, find our place in it. And so uh, I'll continue to write as
0: long as the memory holds out, I guess. Storytelling is very important. As you know, I write stories myself in song form because I have the patience to uh, write something about three minutes long and then I can't get beyond there. Before we get into your book, how did you make a living in the the valley uh, preacher, teacher, coach? Give us a little background. Actually, truth be known, I
1: probably never intended to do any of the things I did. (laughs) But anyway, I came as a wrangler at Horn Creek Ranch, guided people into the mountains, became a teacher, uh, taught for nine years in the high school year. Preaching was something that I kind of fell through the cracks and landed in and ended up doing it long term. Coaching has been a love of mine. I played high school basketball in Indiana, college basketball at a small college in Illinois, and so uh, that was a natural. I coached girls here for
0: 13 years, and boys for seven years. When you first started teaching, what did the school look like? That was before the current building. Mm-hmm. How many students might there have been?
1: I believe I, I believe there were about 175 or 80 students K twelve. And I was a biology major, but in a small school like this, you end up teaching a lot of different things.
0: And what did you teach here?
1: Well, I taught, obviously, biology. I also taught junior high science. Uh, Everything from elementary PE to one semester, I taught eighth grade English. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When you were
0: coaching, how far did you travel to compete?
1: At that time, when I first started, a school by the name of Platte Canyon was in our league. Now, that's in Bailey, which meant you had to go to Cotopaxi and then back up to South Park and over Kenosha Pass.
0: That is a long way. I used to live in uh, Evergreen, which is not far from there.
1: They're not in our league any longer, but we still travel, I think, believe, to Fair Play, which is a pretty fair trip, Cripple Creek. So, yeah, we had some long, put some miles on.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about the topics covered in walking the same ground. Take us back 30, 40 years and walk mentally up Main Street. What would we see? How would it be different from today? Well, it turned into a
1: two-track just south of the theater and uh, Gail Patterson's house. But as we walked up Main, the, what used to be Grandma's house across from the theater was Sue Kanda's, Kanda's Meat Locker. Jennings Market was uh, where the coffee shop is on the corner of Main and 2nd now. Mm-hmm. Going up, there was Evie's, which was a very variety store. You had Bill Falkenberg's hardware on the other side of the street. Uh, You had the Texaco service station uh, on the corner of 3rd and Main, which you drove through kind of catty corner to 3rd Street after you got gas. Otto Voss' station on the other side of the street. So obviously it's changed. Bud Paquette has written a book or is writing a book about all the storefronts
0: and what they've been in the past 100 years. So they change pretty regularly. And what was it like to wander around town on a weekday afternoon or a Saturday morning? Would you run into all the people you know? I suspect that you tend to know most of the people in town, especially if you're a preacher and a teacher, that you're kind of central into the community.
1: If you went on a Saturday to the post office, which, by the way, was uh, right across from Chappie's at that time, if you Mm -hmm. went to the post office, the grocery store, and maybe the hardware store, you probably ran into a, a lot of people that you knew because you ran into the same
0: people everywhere. And how were you received when you got here? It was a small town. It was a ranching community, uh, much as it is today uh, uh, in some respects.
1: Well, I think by the very, very nature of it, there there was some sense of old-timer and newcomer. But I, I think as you open yourself to relationship with others in a genuine way, And you're willing to walk level ground with them. You're not above them. You don't see yourself as aloof. I think it opens the possibility of relationship. And I think we found that. I think we found it with the ranching community here. Uh, We found it with the educational community, the church community. Uh, People were pretty open, uh, if it's reciprocated.
0: And do you recall some of your close friends from way back? Well, one interesting thing for me is our society tends to divide people into age groups.
1: And that's one thing that I didn't have here. Some of my best friends who are now gone were old ranchers. Earl Kress was probably 45 years older than me. Harvey Rusk was 30 years almost to the day older than me. A lot of my best friends back then were not in my generation, although I did have friends. Uh, We had a town team basketball group that got together on uh, weeknight, and uh, a lot of those were my age because we could play basketball back then, and
0: Back then, as you looked out over the valley, say you were standing on the bluff at the bluff park and looked out over the valley, how different would it have looked? A lot. There was no Ute Mesa, no Lay Subdivision,
1: no North Taylor, a lot more open space. I I don't have any idea how many homes have been added in the past 45 or 50 years, but uh, it's a lot.
0: So Dick, what was the approximate population when you got here 48 years ago? The census shows in 1970, I think there were about
1: 1,200 in the county. Mm -hmm. And I think we lost a few when we came here a few years later. So I think there was about 1,000 people in the whole county.
0: So these days there's probably 5,000 or so people, so quite the growth. What have we gained and what have we lost over the last 48 years as a community, as a town?
1: Well, you know, I think Washington Irving said that... uh, He sometimes liked to shift his position in a stagecoach and get bruised in a new place. (laughs) So change is inevitable. Progress is not. I don't know. I I think there have been good things that have come. The diversity of people, at least in my life, I've found a, a real invigorating creativity in that. I think one thing we've maybe lost, and this is probably individual, there are certain cultural things we used to be able, we probably stopped in to see people without an invitation a lot back then, ended up sharing a meal maybe. I guess each person in their own experience has to take a look at what's been gained and what's been lost. Uh, Wendell Berry writes about uh, changes in communities. His take is that maybe we've lost more than we've gained, but that's up to you. (laughs)
0: Tell us a bit about your previous writing. You have several books.
1: I've written three books, which are somewhat of my own journey of faith, maybe. I've written articles and essays and various things. Uh, Some of it has been published, some
0: of it has not. I know that uh, both you and I are of retirement age, I would say, but you're still working, you're still doing some preaching. You're over at the Methodist Church a couple times this summer, I understand? Yeah, I'll be there this
1: Sunday and then on May 16th, I believe, and again on June 20th. And there are various venues around that I still speak at. I enjoy that.
0: When you're invited to speak at a church, how do you come up with a topic for a sermon or a flow for the day?
1: Well, I try to be as genuine as I can and not just spout theories that other people have written. My thoughts are continually evolving. I'm not the same person that I was 50 years ago or 40 years ago. I think they used to call that growth, I hope. But I try to keep close to my own heart. It's what my experiences are, what my thought processes are at that time. I use a lot of different sources. Obviously, Scripture is one of them. Nature is one. Relationships are another. I try to hit things that we all engage in at one time or another.
0: I always like to ask authors, which writers they... Uh appreciate?
1: Well, C.S. Lewis once said, for every three new books you read, we read one old one. If you don't, you get wrapped up in the mistakes of one particular time and age, and he called it, we become chronological snobs. (laughs) So George MacDonald is a favorite, a Scottish author of the late 1800s. C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, obviously, in the fantasy realm. Wendell Berry is a favorite. Uh, There's a writer not much known by the name of David Grayson, who wrote anonymously or wrote under a pen name, wrote nine books uh, in the early 20th century. Those are
0: some of my favorites. And we're both fans of uh, Wallace Stegner, I think. Yeah, yeah, I like Wallace Stegner. 15 minutes goes quite quickly, and we're almost out of time. Uh, Could you share another piece of your uh, current manuscript?
1: Yes, I'm. I'm getting ready to uh, put out the fifth in this series of Walking the Same Ground. And I'm going to give you the last paragraph of that fifth edition. Okay. Hundreds of stories have been written on these mountains and prairies. They've been written with sweat and blood of earlier generations, written in wood, rock, dirt, and barbar. Most of the stories have completely faded from living memory. I am reminded of the words in the Psalms of the ancient Hebrew King David. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more.
0: Beautiful. Dick, thanks for stopping by and sharing early memories of the Wet Mountain Valley. Thank you, Gary. We've been visiting with longtime resident Dick Jones. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM.
1: I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground.